welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. I'm sharing about freedom, and I've had this message on my heart for a while, and it sort of started a little while ago. Um, Simon and I uh, recently stayed in Auckland for a few days, and we ended up at the Auckland Art Gallery, and um, to tell you the truth, it was because we got given vouchers for prices, like five bucks each off the cafe there, so we're like, oh, where's this? And lured in by treats, Um, but we ended up being at the Auckland Art Gallery, and I love art. I've got um, artists in my family throughout the generations, and we value creativity here as a church, and I just love art, And um, but I've never really been someone who's stared at art and been deeply moved, but as we looked around this art gallery, there was um, displays that were really honouring Māori artists in New Zealand. There were some amazing creative um, pieces of art there. But as we moved through, it got to the point where Simon was quite bored and he was wandering off and ready to go, like guys do in shops with girls, unless it's Bunnings, then they're really excited. But uh, I was nearing the end, but there was this piece of art that I noticed and um, I just got so drawn into like the story that the artist was portraying. And it was a really good piece of art, but it was a powerful, moving story and tears came to my eyes, and I actually stared at it for five to ten minutes. I just couldn't take my eyes off this piece of art. Simon was long gone. I think I went and got him. I was like, Simon, come and look at this piece of art, and I don't think he thought much of it, but I was so moved by a piece of art, and it reminded me of one other time in my life that I've been really moved and challenged by a piece of art, and this was when I was a very young girl, I think I would have been about 10 or 11. I don't know if many of you remember, but in Whangarei on Bank Street, for a while there, one of my mum's good friends um, opened up a drop-in centre called Final Phase. Does anyone remember Final Phase? Wow, a couple of people. It was such an awesome ministry to the city. Um, Her heart was just to have a place, it was on the middle of Bank Street, where anyone could walk in off the street And if they wanted someone to talk with or someone to pray with them, they wanted to have a hot drink, they could borrow a book, and um, people would just come and it was a drop-in centre. And it was such a cool season of ministry to Whangarei. And my mum would often take me there, whether she was going to a meeting or talking to someone. But there was this piece of art in Final Phase. And as a young girl, I was really interested in this piece of art. It was unusual. And I want to tell you about this piece of art before I share about freedom this morning. It was, the painting was of a jail cell, and there was a jail cell with bars. I don't know whether it's a print or an original, I can't find it online, but outside of the jail was a jailer, and inside of the jail was a prisoner. And the unusual thing about this piece of art was that each person had another picture painted within them, and you could see the prisoner had a picture painted inside him, and it was of a free man. But the jailer on the outside of the bars had a picture painted within him, and he was a bound man. He was in chains. He was not free. And as a young girl, I remember looking at this picture and thinking, that does not make sense. How can the man in jail be free, but the free man be bound? And that's such a picture of freedom. True freedom is more than your external circumstances. 
And I want to read this morning from a passage in the Bible in Acts 16, 25, and it's so similar to the picture that I just described to you. Let's start at verse 25. It's about Paul and Silas, amazing men of God. They were doing crazy things. They were going around healing the sick. They delivered a girl of a demon, and that really upset people. If you read the story, you'll find out why. But um, they ended up getting thrown into prison. But before then, they were actually beaten and um, scourged. But anyway, at verse 25, it says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. So firstly, they were in prison, yet they were praying and singing. Isn't that a picture of freedom? And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. That would have been a crazy thing to witness. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. If your prisoners escape while you're in charge of them, you're you're in deep trouble. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them, washed their wounds, and he and everyone in his household was immediately baptized. When you get saved, don't delay getting baptized. Do it soon after. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. And I love that story. And the thing I want to bring up this morning that is although Paul and Silas were in a physical prison, they were truly free. They were so free that they were worshipping God no matter their circumstances. They had peace. They had hope. But the awesome thing is that even in their horrible circumstances of being in prison, they were able to see others find freedom. They were able to bring freedom to others. And this morning as I share about freedom, I want to ask you a few questions. Are you free this morning? Do you feel like no matter what your circumstances are, you feel truly free inside, like Paul and Silas? And if you can say, yeah, I feel truly free, Christy. I feel so free inside. I want to ask you another question. Do you really value the freedom you have, or do you just take it for granted? And lastly, if you're like, Christy, I do value my freedom. I just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I feel free. I want to ask you this question. Do you remember, are you aware that you can bring freedom to so many others around you? Because we often forget that. So those are the three things we're looking at this morning. Find freedom, value freedom, and share freedom. So are you guys ready? Let's go. So find freedom. There was a survey done recently by a church, and they just asked people in the community, people that weren't churchgoers, they weren't Christians, they said, what can we as a church offer you? And people responded with various questions, but one of the most common questions was, we want to know how to find freedom. That's something that people are desperate for. They want to know how to find freedom. And, you know, people are so desperate in the world right now for freedom. People are feeling um, the desperate need for freedom from addiction, freedom from just um, addiction, from shame. People are struggling with feeling shameful. 
People are struggling and wanting freedom from painful memories. They're wanting to find freedom from hopelessness. People are just feeling so hopeless right now. People are wanting to find freedom from being enslaved to the opinions of others. That's a massive one, especially on social media. You can't please everyone. People are finding that they're just desperate for finding freedom from resentment, from unforgiveness, from regret, from the bondage of greed, vanity, pride. Pornography is a massive one. People want freedom from being enslaved to abusive behaviors, selfishness. The list could go on. People are just desperate to find true freedom. And... Um, you know, we look everywhere to find it, don't we? Like, maybe this latest self-help book will be the answer. Or maybe this amazing quote on Pinterest will be what helps me get free. Or maybe if I um, do more things, get more achievements, I'll really feel free from whatever I'm struggling with. Or more fame or more popularity. Maybe if more people like me, I'll feel really free from those secret demons that I battle with. And you just try and fill it up. Maybe you try to medicate that, that shame, medicate away the pain, but none of that brings true freedom. True freedom can never be found in these things. There's only one place you can find true freedom, and the Bible tells us that in John 8.36. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. True freedom can only be found in Jesus, and it's the only way you will find true freedom. Anyone want to say amen to that? <laughs> it's truth right there. And I want to just focus for a few seconds on what true freedom means. What does it mean when the Son sets you free? What does He actually set us free from? You may think, oh, He sets me free from, He forgives me of my sin, like He sets me free. But there's actually three really powerful things that the Son sets you free from, and the first one is the bondage of sin. The bondage of sin. Do you know that before Jesus sets you free, you are actually held captive. You're enslaved to the bondage of sin. And no matter what you do, sin is your ruler and he holds you captive. You might think, well, I haven't done real bad stuff, but you're still in bondage to sin. And you can't free yourself. Only God can. And when you come to him, and you ask forgiveness, and you, God gives you like a new nature. You are no longer a slave to sin. And I love that, because we forget, I think, when we find freedom in God that, yeah, He forgives us of our sins, but we are no longer a slave to sin. And if you are a believer and you feel enslaved to sin, we're going to pray for you later on this morning, because you are no longer a slave to sin. But not only does the Son set you free from the bondage of sin, Oh, before that, I just want to say, Paul, about the bondage of sin in 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love Nina's worship song she chose this morning. She didn't know that I was talking about freedom, and there were so many mentions of freedom in there. I love that. You get set free from the bondage of sin, but there's another thing that you get set free from when you become free, and that's the penalty of sin. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we need to remember that outside of Christ, we've got a death penalty against our lives. So when you come to Jesus, you're set free from being enslaved to sin. But the man, I'm so thankful that he actually also takes away the penalty of sin. 
He took it on himself. So we no longer have the penalty of sin against us. But there's another thing we need to remember when we're set free. And that's that we're set free from the guilt and the shame of sin. There's like three amazing things we're set free from. And have you guys ever experienced feeling really guilty before? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I remember just for an example, as a little girl, the feeling of shame and guilt. Um, my mum and dad had a toy shop and it was in Onorahi, and it was the coolest seven years of my life. And um, I remember one time mum asked me to go and buy something down the road and she gave me the cash and I bought the thing and then I had the change and then I saw the Buffalo Bill ice cream in the dairy. They still have them now with the little gumball noses and I just so wanted it. And I think I remember looking at the change and thinking, you know, mum probably wouldn't notice that a bit was gone. So I made a plan and I bought one and I sat on the seat out by the shops and I thought I'll eat it and then I'll go back to mum. And guess who walked along while I was eating the ice cream? My mum walked along and I just remember thinking, oh. And then she said, where did you get that? So I had to think up a really quick lie. And I said, I found it on the ground. <laughs> Which is like, what? This unmelted ice cream just lying there. And I can't remember what happened after that. I think mum was really gracious, but I do remember just the shame and the guilt as a young girl. And all I did was buy an ice cream. But over my life, don't you remember the shame and the guilt when you sin? None of us are perfect. We've all been there. And isn't it amazing that when we are forgiven, the shame and the guilt is gone. Every single thing you've done, the shame and the guilt is gone. And Satan loves to remind you of those things. He loves to bring those things back to you and wants you to think about it. And um, when you do, you can become so overwhelmed with condemnation and shame. But the good news is that when you're set free in Christ and you genuinely repent before God, you know what? He will never bring those things back up again. God will not bring those past things back up again. And I love that about him. He's not going to remind me about that Buffalo Bull incident. He forgives and it's never going to be brought back up again. And, you know, when you understand what Christ has freed you from, the bondage of sin, he's freed us from that. The penalty of sin, but also the guilt and shame. Man, don't you realize how amazing God is? And if you're here this morning and you can't say that you've been set free from those things, you can this morning. You can have complete freedom, and we're going to pray with you at the end of the morning. And if you're already walking in freedom today, you're like, yes, I so remember my shame and my guilt being washed away. I want to ask you this. Do you value your freedom? So find freedom, and secondly, value freedom. Do you value your freedom, or do you take it for granted? You know, we don't usually value what we have until it's gone. And I was looking at some memories that came up um, a year ago today, and we were in full lockdown as a country. COVID's like a really good reminder of valuing what you have until it's gone. And um, 
Our freedoms were taken away in New Zealand. Our freedom to gather as a church, to visit our friends and family, our freedom to hug people, our freedom to buy coffee. I remember buying my first coffee at a cafe when we were allowed to go out, and man, that was such a good coffee. It was so good. But even just, you take for granted that freedom to go to concerts and stuff, and now as a country, we are... um, I think we just take it for granted. We forget that a lot of the world is struggling. Churches back then, I remember a year ago, were scrambling to work out how to do live stream. Parents were scrambling to think, how am I going to cope with everyone back at home? Teachers were like, how are we going to teach our kids, our, yeah, our students from here and online? And businesses were like, how are we even going to survive? And um, essential workers were just being legends and doing what they always do. But right now, I mean... We can so often take for granted the freedom that we have. And when we look at other countries, we think, wow, here we are, like, gathering, going to concerts. We can take for granted our freedom. And another example is water. I do not value water like I should. Like, I don't know whether you're like me, but I tip water down the sink. I can be wasteful with water. I just think of it as this commodity that's just literally on tap. But there are so many people where water is the most valuable possession to them because they do not take it for granted. And um, there was a time in my life where I valued water so much. Simon and I were in Israel. We each had like litre water bottles we had on us at all times. And we had a wander in the desert with a guide. And we got lost, didn't we? (laughs) We literally got lost in a desert. And there were some panicky guides there. And I got sunstroke. It was the worst time ever. I was vomiting and so sick. And right then, water was probably the most precious thing that I had ever had. So valuable, so precious, yet we take it for granted. I want to ask you this morning, is your freedom a treasure that you value constantly? Or do you just take it for granted like we take for granted water and our freedom in New Zealand at the moment? 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. And in that passage there, people were so excited about the freedom they had in Christ in the New Testament. And they're like, I can do whatever I want. I'm free to do anything. And here the writer is saying to them, you are free. You can do whatever you want, but don't become a slave to anything again. Don't take for granted the freedom that has been bought for you. And I want to ask you this morning, if you're free, are you choosing to not be enslaved by anything again? It's a really good question. Are you choosing to not be enslaved by anything again? Are you staying free? Are you valuing the freedom you have? 1 Peter 2.16 says, For you are free yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. And that's a really challenging scripture because we can often think, I'm just free, I'm free. But you know what? I'm a slave to God now. I want to please him with my life. A.W. Tozer says, Christian liberty is freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. And... um. It's really, I'm going to have a sip of this amazing, precious water right now. I so value that water. Um, I want to encourage you that when you find freedom, please do not abuse the freedom that you have. It's interesting what happened in Russia. Listen to this quote. 
With the dismantling of the Soviet Union in 1991 and the subsequent lifting of the Iron Curtain, Eastern Europeans jubilantly celebrated the freedom they had long been denied. However, some of the first freedoms to be exercised in these formerly communist countries were indulgence in pornography, prostitution and drug abuse and organised crime. Some people, needless to say, have erroneous concepts of freedom. And I want to just encourage you this morning, those of you who have found freedom, don't take the freedom that was bought for you, that was bought for you with such a great cost, don't take it for granted and don't abuse it. And I really believe the church worldwide needs a fresh awakening of, of just holiness, of just being aware of the freedom that was bought for us and not taking it for granted and just wanting to be slaves to God and please him with our lives. It's something that we need to be re-challenged in constantly. Let's not abuse the freedom that was given to us. But I want to say on the flip side too, the enemy loves to bring Christians back into bondage again through legalism. And, um, you know, you begin to think you'll find freedom in following these rules, doing all this good stuff, and that's just bondage. It's bondage once again. So it's a balance of realizing that freedom isn't earned by good works. It's not earned by what you do. It's only earned through Jesus. It's a free gift. It can't be bought. It can't be earned. It's free, and let's value it highly and live our lives for Jesus. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It's so easy to get back into that, into that yoke of slavery. Stay free, stand firm, don't let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So I want to encourage you this morning, value your freedom. And um, I want to ask you too, are you aware that around you every day, there are people that don't have that freedom that you have? Are you aware of that? Because I just want to lastly talk about sharing your freedom. So find freedom, value freedom, and share your freedom. And um, if you're free, did you know that you're called to actually set others free? That's your calling. And as humans, we are so self-focused. Who remembers the great tragedy last year in 2020 of the great toilet paper shortage in the world? We didn't have it so bad here in New Zealand, but footage got out of people fighting in supermarkets over toilet paper and hoarding it and, oh man, crazy. Why toilet paper? Anyway, it's so easy to just live so self-focused and not think about others and God's heart is so for people. His heart is so for people, and you know what? He does love you, and he really loves me, but he also loves other people, not just you and me. He loves the person next to you. He loves the person down the road. He loves every single person, and it's so important that we get a kingdom mindset for everyone, that God loves everyone, not just us. We're so focused on ourselves often. And the Holy Spirit is amazing because he'll often prompt you to think about others. He'll often make, prompt you to think about how much God cares for others. And I just want to, if anything, to remind you this morning to remember that as you walk around every day, and you may be thinking, I'm so grateful for the freedom I have, so good not to be bound down with shame anymore, that there are people around you every day that do not have that privilege they are struggling, 
They are walking around with a weight of shame and hopelessness and loneliness. And we can be so consumed um, with our life that we're walking around every day. And it's like we're walking around with living water while people are dying of thirst around us. And we're just so thankful for our water. And we forget that we've got a responsibility. Freedom isn't just a gift for you. You were made free not just for yourself, but so you could see others get set free. One way that you can really um, ask God to help you get your eyes off yourself is really start praying for other people. And um, prayer is so powerful. And just, just when you wake in the morning, just say, Father, I pray for that person. Maybe they're at your work or a friend or a family member, and just pray for them. Lord, pray that you would soften their heart or you give them a hunger for you and just start praying. And prayer is a powerful thing because it prepares the soil of people's hearts and um, arranges opportunities. And I think we forget how powerful prayer is. Um, it's a preparer, a preparer of hearts. And when I, when I do put a veggie garden in, I didn't last year, Simon did. We both sort of failed, eh? I thought he'd do better than me. But when I do a veggie garden, I pretty much um, <clears throat> get the weeds out and chuck in the plants and water them when I remember. And the, <laughs> what I get back, the crop, whatever you call it, probably, probably reflects on my preparation. <laughs> Yeah, my dad has a whole system, like, he's a legend. He's got, like, this weekly plan in his mind, and you go to his place, and his garden has mustard plants, and then they're dug in because they do stuff, and then there's blood and bone and fertiliser. He's got a whole plan, and, like, you can see the preparation come to fruition when he, his garden could feed a small village. He is amazing. The, the plants are just so alive and the fruit is so big and beautiful and we look at his stuff and think, how can you grow that? And it's because of the preparation. And I want to remind you that prayer is the preparation. You might think, man, I just, I love to see people around me find freedom how are you going with putting the preparation in? People aren't just going to come up naturally and say, man, can I talk to you about God or I'm really wanting help? But if you're praying and putting in the preparation, just do it. Be faithful. Just keep praying for those people and the soil of their hearts will be softened. And you may not see it in the next year or so, but I, man, I vouch that in the future you will see that preparation come to fruition. So remember, remember my vegetable garden as opposed to my dad's. Put in the preparation. And um, I really felt this morning just to make a side note um, with talking about freedom and those of you that are free and have so much to offer to see others get free. I want to make a side note here. Some of you I really believe this morning have been just felt trapped with your outside circumstances. And I want to say... We're going to pray that freedom will come, but you just look at your life right now, and it might look like you're in a prison. You might be going through some really painful stuff or difficult things, and when we go through stuff like that, I think we can often think, well, I don't really have the right or the authority to see hope and freedom in others when look at my life. 
And I really wanted to encourage you this morning that God will use you despite your circumstances to bring freedom and hope to others. And don't let the enemy make you think you can't be effective because your life doesn't look great. Remember Paul and Silas. They were locked up in a prison. And yet because they were free in God, they saw so many people find freedom. And I don't know whether this is specifically for one person or not, but can I encourage you, if you feel like your life is a bit of a mess or you're in a prison, to just keep praising God in that prison. And you'll be surprised at what God will do with you. And don't be surprised if some of the most effective moments in your life come with sharing your freedom you have in Christ with others while you are feeling like you have nothing to offer or you're going through your own painful experiences, God loves to use us no matter how we feel. God will take you to unusual places to reach people that no one else can reach. Don't forget that. Remember that when you are in places you wouldn't expect to find yourself, that everyone needs to know about freedom in Christ. So keep singing while you're in the prison, and your joy despite the pain will see others set free. So just remember that. I'm going to ask our amazing keyboardist, Matt, to come up with his cool glasses this morning. He looks like a professor. Um, I'm just going to conclude this morning. (laughs) Sorry, Matt, you're awesome. Professor Matt. That could be his new name. Oops. I want to ask you this morning, um, I just feel there's a few areas that, you know, we can really all reach out to God about. If you don't know the freedom that comes from knowing God, I want to tell you that you can be free this morning. It is the most amazing feeling to know that no matter what your past has looked like, that you can be confident and sure and you don't need to be ashamed anymore because you are forgiven. And God looks at you and he doesn't see the filthy, rotten mess that you should be seen as. He sees someone who is clean, and beautiful, and whole, and that can be you this morning. If you're struggling with feeling trapped and enslaved, you can find freedom this morning. And I'm talking to you whether you've given your life to Christ before, or even if you haven't given your life to Christ, but even if you have and you feel like you've got enslaved again, this morning is your morning to find freedom. I really want to say that to you. I want to read John 8, 31 to 36. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham. They said, we've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you'll be set free? And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. He wasn't talking about actual slavery to them. They're like, we haven't been slaves. But he's saying you're a slave to sin if you sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.